Okay, good evening and welcome to the September 6, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner John Trisvina, Commissioner Alex Lemberg, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Tina Tan, the deputy zoning administrator representing the planning department. Uh, Rebecca Salgado, preservation planner with the planning department. Matthew Green, chief build, uh, deputy director of inspection, inspection services, department of building inspection. And we expect Chris Buck, urban forester, representing San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. The board's rules of presentation are as follows. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for a rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. For cases that have been previously heard, the parties are given three minutes each with no rebuttal. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Go to our website, click on hearings, and then click on the Zoom link. Three, by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 886-1423-5574. And again, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first dial star six seven, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine, which is equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes and our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there's interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we'll take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now, we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say I do after you've been sworn in or affirmed. 
Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. If you are a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So we will move on to item number one. This is general public comment. Uh, this is an opportunity for anyone who would like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. And I do see someone here in the hearing room. Welcome, you have three minutes. President, commissioners, uh, I was here maybe about a month ago, and when I was listening to what was going on, I thought it might be beneficial if you guys could do something to help the people who live next door to the people doing the construction projects. I had three years of construction. One neighbor started, when they were finishing up, the neighbor on the other side started, and then the affordable housing unit started up right behind me, right after that. I would be woke up every morning, sometimes at 6.45, with hammers and circular saws and jackhammers and all sorts of stuff going on. It was unbearable, and when they could do it, 365 days a year, I never got a break. They were coming on weekends and staying till eight o'clock sometimes. And it was, it was horrible. And there were certain things that could have been done to make things so much better for me and my other neighbors. For instance, if they had notified us in advance, hey, a month before, take photos of every room of your house, the outside of your house, all my moldings busted up, my outside, the stucco got all broken up, the jackhammering, if they could do the uh, uh, concrete saws instead of the jackhammering, they literally tore out an area, almost half the house on both sides, and it really damaged my house a lot. Um, I, I offered, I said, you guys, there's only a piece of sheetrock between us. Could you please put in insulation? I went to Home Depot and bought a whole bunch of insulation. I said, I'll install it. I'll put up some plywood. I go, you guys have no idea what it's like to live next to this. The decibels are only supposed to be 50 decibels in the city, and there were over 100. This isn't nearly as loud as it was. I would be at home trying to work from home. My boss would be like, are you in a construction site? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And during COVID, I couldn't go anywhere. I was stuck with this all day long for literally three years. So there's some basic things they could do to make it better for everybody, like shore up the walls. You know, if, if you need to put in new wiring and stuff, rewire it, put the insulation in, put the sheetrock up, or put a temporary plywood or something. The contractors could move that plywood to other sites if they needed to. It wouldn't be wasted product. But anyway, anything you could do, because I almost snapped. Like, three years of it was too much. So, and like, I won't even talk to one of my neighbors because it's like they didn't want to do anything to make my life a little bit 30 better. 30 seconds. Thanks. Thank okay, you. thank you. I see someone on Zoom who would like to provide public comment. The phone number ending in 5936. Please go ahead. This is general public comment. I see that you're. I'm being broken with. Please go ahead. Yes. Eileen Bogan with Speak. Yesterday at 5.06 p.m., Speak received an email from the Zoning Administrator regarding Appeal Number 23035. The following are excerpts. I am writing to ask if you would be open to rescheduling this appeal from the 913 BOA hearing to another hearing date in October or November. We are having conversations with the California Coastal Commission 
and would like to make sure we've had time to fully coordinate. Ms. Spoken, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this matter is pending, and if there's a rescheduling dispute, it's going to be resolved by President Swig, so it's not appropriate for you at this point to be giving general public comment on that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any other general public comment on Zoom or in person? Okay, I don't see any. Madam Executive Director, yeah. would you please uh, advise a previous speaker as save her some toil and trouble, explain the process properly, how she should get in touch with you and make the, the request formally and, and yes we I did by email okay. um, the zoning administrator is requesting that a matter be rescheduled I um, I solicit I requested that the other parties provide a one-page statement if they oppose it and I'm waiting to get that from Ms. Spoken tomorrow by 12 noon okay so the communications been way we're covered and you and I will talk about it yes thank you okay thank Perfect. you thank you thank you so I don't see any further public comment, general public comments? So we're going to move on to item number two, commissioner comments and questions. Commissioners, anything today? Hearing none, let's move it on. Thanks very much. Okay, so we're moving on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Commissioners before you for discussion on possible adoption are the minutes of the August 16th, 2023 meeting. And prior to the meeting, Commissioner Lemberg and uh, Commissioner Trisvina reached out to me with one correction on page five. Uh, the last meeting was adjourned by Vice President Lopez, not President Swig. So, and I'd like to thank the, the, the other members of the panel for putting up with my absence on that day. Thank you very much. Okay, so we would need a motion to- Motion to approve the minutes, anybody? Uh, I move to approve the minutes as amended. Thank you. Okay, um, on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trisvina? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries and the minutes are adopted as amended. So we are now moving on to item number 4A, 4B, 4C, and 4D. These are appeal numbers 23-020, 21, 22, and 23. Uh, David Osgood versus Department of Building Inspection. 101 Spear Street. Um, I previously read the captions. Uh, to recap, uh, it, it was heard last on July 12th, and upon motion by Commissioner Trisvina, the board voted 4 to 0 1. Vice President Lopez absent <clears throat> to continue these items to September 6th so that the parties can provide supplemental briefs which address the following how the planning department arrived at its decision to approve the permits, including the determinations it made, and whether the planning department could, in the future, provide written findings of a determination under planning code section 1006.6, including any resource implications that would have for the department. And two, the applicability and conformity of these permits with Article 11 of the planning code, and three, whether the issuance of the permits complies with the 2018 legislation. Uh, further, yes, so um, this motion was made on the basis that the commissioners need to have additional information to make a good decision. And just as a preliminary matter, Vice President Lopez, did you have the opportunity to watch the video and review the materials for the hearing which took place on July 12th? I did and I'm ready to proceed. Okay, so the parties do have three minutes each to address the board. I understand that they've come to some sort of agreement, so we will hear from the appellant first. Welcome, Mr. Osgood. Uh, thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm pleased to say that uh, we have an agreement with the permit holders that the four permits that have been appealed will be canceled by the permit holder. 
to allow for this to happen, the board, as I understand it, can continue the appeals to a future date, perhaps in October, which is fine with us, and unsuspend the permits for the purpose of cancellation. Uh, once canceled, the board office will administratively dismiss the appeals as moot. Um, please let me know if anyone has any questions. Um, and as always, I uh, want to uh, thank board staff for their assistance, also to Supervisor Peskin um, for his help, and to those who, um, the 20 or so people who wrote in on this matter in support of the appeals. Thank you very much. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you, Mr. Osgood. I, um, I'm very pleased to hear that the parties have come to a, 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 an agreement. Uh, I just wanted to ask what the agreement is. Uh, just not that it matters. I'm just curious. Um, right, but oh, it's just to cancel it completely. And I mean, I assume there's some something. No, no. All right. I'm seeing nod uh, shakes of the head from. Great. Okay. Well, that might you might not need to answer the question then. <laughs> Okay, so we will now hear from the permit holder. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Tara Sullivan from Ruben, Junius, and Rose here on behalf of Hudson Pacific Properties, the permit holders of the permits on appeal. Um, I am prepared to answer questions on the brief that was submitted on August 24th regarding your questions, but as uh, Mr. Osgood said over the past day, we have come to an agreement whereby Hudson Pacific Properties has no intention of following through with these four permits. They would like to cancel the permits um, altogether. They are under suspension through jurisdiction of this board by by appeal, so we would request that you continue this matter so that the permits can be unsuspended, so that Hudson Pacific can then cancel them with DBI, submit the required information to Ms. Rosenberg, and then the appeals would be moved. The Hudson Pacific Properties, you know, in, in, in being a good community partner, has decided that these signs are not, um, I wouldn't say worth pursuing, but they've just decided that they are, do not intend to pursue them right now. Thank you. Thank you. We'll now hear from the planning department. Nothing from planning. How about the building department? Okay. Uh, is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. Anyone in? I don't see anybody. Nobody on Zoom. So, commissioners, this matter is submitted. Uh, do, do I have a motion to? Um, we should just clarify the date. How much time you need to cancel? We could continue it to October 11th or October 25th. You want to do that or call the chair? No, not call the chair. Okay. Um, maybe five weeks, 30 days to 45 days, I think would be sufficient. It shouldn't take too long. I think just getting the record from you so that we can then take it to DBI and, and process everything just to place okay, it. Okay, so October 11th is a sure. little shy of five weeks? Or sure, that's perfect. Bit. That's fine? Okay, yeah, October thank 11th. You. Okay. Um, anybody have a motion? I, I move to continue the matters uh, 4A through 4D to October 11th and unsuspend the uh, the four permits that underlie those four appeals. For the purpose of cancellation? For the purpose of cancellation. Based on the agreement of the parties? Based on the agreement of the parties. And once the permit is canceled, once the permits are canceled, they will be administratively dismissed? Once, once the permits are canceled, they will be administrative, the appeals will be administratively correct, dismissed. Correct, correct, okay. correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
So well done. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trisvenia? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero, and these appeals are continued to October 11th for the reasons previously stated. Thank you. Okay, we are now moving on to item number five. This is appeal number 23-031, D.J. Bowler versus San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry, subject property, 1345 Ellis Street, appealing the issuance on June 16, 2023, to St. Francis Square Cooperative of a Public Works order, approval to remove 10 significant trees on private property with replacement of four, and approval to remove one street tree with replacement. This is order number 208-224. Note, on August 2nd, 2023, upon motion by Commissioner Lemberg, the board voted 5-0 to zero to continue this matter to September 6th. The appellant requested the continuance and the other parties agreed to it. So we will hear from the appellant first. And I believe she is on Zoom, but somebody was going to be presenting on her behalf. Is Ms. Asbury here to present for her? Ms. Bowler, do you want to go ahead and let us know? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, welcome. You have seven minutes. Are you presenting your case or is somebody else going to present your case? I believe I am, unless uh, Ms. Asbury is available. Okay. Please go ahead. You have seven minutes. Okay, well, uh, good evening. Do you hear that phone ringing? We don't hear a phone ringing. Okay. Uh, I come here to ask you to consider the need to keep the 15 poplar trees lining the southern border of St. Francis Square. Besides their beauty, which is awesome. Oh, hello? We can hear you. I hear something in the background. I can't find, it's a phone that's ringing and I can't find it. Okay, that's fine. I don't hear a phone ringing. Your, your time has been paused. You can go ahead. Oh. We can hear you. Okay. Okay. Uh, besides their beauty, which is awesome, the trees provide healthy air. They serve as a windbreak, as a refuge for many different kinds of birds, and they help each other maintain themselves. They're needed to continue to protect the health of the residents of the neighborhood and in observation of the desires of the residents of the neighborhood. All you need to do is go there during rush hour and see the vehicles lined up all the way to Hate Street or down to Hate Street, waiting at each corner, spewing out their exhaust from which the trees are helping to clear the air. They should stay standing uh, in order to protect the health of the city residents and the civic rights of the neighbors. I have witnessed the removal of trees in my neighborhood two times. It is a very noisy process with a whining saw severing limbs up in the tree at the hands of an agile worker, and the sound of the large grinder on the street into which the severed limbs are fed and ground up 
Eventually, work begins on the trunk of the tree that is cut into desired lengths until it gets down to the ground level stump, which is then pounded down into the ground with a special pounding machine. Meanwhile, a large truck has come up to the side of the site and the long logs are swung up over it and dropped into it by a mechanical arm operated by another worker seated at the controls. A couple of workers in the street have meanwhile been busily sweeping up the leaves and branches that have fallen to the street and feeding them into the back end of a truck. That's in addition to having fed them into the grinding machine. Needless to say, but I'm saying it anyway, that is not a sight I would like to see repeated at the hands of St. Francis Square, Inc. I can't imagine what it would be like to witness these very last, the very tall poplar trees being sawed down, ground up, and hauled away in pieces from where they've been standing since even before I lived as a neighbor in, to St. Francis Square. The St. Francis Square, Inc. was created as part of the infamous redevelopment of the Fillmore District. A union made an arrangement with the city to create a cooperative community bounded on the north by Gary Boulevard, on the south by Ellis Street, on the east by Laguna Street, and on the west by Webster Street. All the residents in the area were displaced as their buildings were demolished, and St. Francis Square, Inc. was created. The poplar trees appear on the architect's drawings uh, that, that show the layout of the entire square as it was planned. Along the southern edge of the square, along Ellis Street, and next to the underground garage with the surface parking lot above stands the row of 15 poplar trees with a long strip of grass running between them and the sidewalk. That makes these trees be considered as what are called significant trees because they belong in private hands and not to the city. The present authorities at St. Francis Square have proposed cutting down these trees. I want to suggest that they contact all the present owners residing in the square, how they feel about losing the trees. This kind of survey was done a number of years ago regarding other trees in the square. And as many signed the petition, the trees remain standing. I would like to ask that the process be followed now, asking the residents whether they want the trees to stay or to go. As for any concerns about damage from a fallen tree limb, I suggest that anyone who fears a fallen branch give up their parking privilege and park in the street, or perhaps arrange insurance coverage 
were damaged from falling branches. Uh, no. Since the square was created by the now notorious process of dispossessing the residents of the Fillmore, it would seem desirable to respect the feelings of the neighborhood residents as well as the owners of the square. And so I am asking this board to rule that the trees remain standing until seconds. residents and owners at St. Francis Square be surveyed as to how they feel about keeping or getting rid of some or all of the trees. I suggest that the surrounding neighborhood has particular standing to ask this in their own interests in view of the history of displacement of residents and harassment and their and businesses in this area. St. Francis. Thank Square. you. That's time. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Bowler. You'll have more time in rebuttal. I don't Thank see, you. I don't see any questions at this point, so we'll now move on to the determination holder, the St. Francis uh, Square Cooperative. Is somebody here representing them? Okay, please come up. We have letters that we'd like to uh, pass out to the commission. Well, they're asking if you'll accept. Uh, Will you accept them from us? Okay. Okay. And you. if you could identify yourself for the record. I will. My name is Connie Ford. I'm on the board of St. Francis Square. Have lived there for approximately 40 years. Shall I continue? Sure. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, I just want to say real briefly, because we don't have a lot of time, three very important things. One is St. Francis Square is a 60-year-old condominium co-op that has been there um, and are all environmentally active and actually love our trees. This breaks our heart to have to bring down these 10, which is the compromise 10, poplar trees that are on Ellis. We planted them 50 years ago. We planted them too close. We planted them near the sidewalk. They, they have, the roots are, are coming up and um, they don't have enough places to breathe. They are tall. They Half of them look like they're either dying or dead. You will see pictures of them from um, the, the DWP, the DPW. <coughs> We are scared of them. We have a daycare center that's right across the street that if the wind took a wrong turn could blow and if people were out taking their kids to school could be hurt. We have a skilled nursing home just right next door to the daycare center that has um, about 50 to 75 residential seniors there and their families are there continuously. And we have three, 300 units in the residence of St. Francis Square. About 600 people live there. We are Democrat run. Um, we have committees that make recommendations. That the recommendations come to the board, of which I'm the vice president, and we make the decisions for all of us. All of this issues of trees and arborists has been painful, has been long. People um, have been on all sides of it. Um, but now we are all concerned. We had one tree actually have a big, large branch fall. Um, fortunately, it didn't hurt anybody, but it destroyed a car. It was in the middle of the night last year. You remember those big winds in the December, 45 miles an hour. 
People are saying we'll never have another one again. This is the, a, a rare and unusual thing. We know that's not true. <clears throat> Look at climate crisis all over with the fires and the water. We are scared to keep living there. We are starting to recommend that our residents on windy days and on rainy days don't walk along the sidewalk there. We want to and we will replace these trees. It's, it's our definitely our mission. We've already picked out a kind of a tree that we want to put in its place. It's called a Brisbane box. It grows quickly. It's about a 50 feet tall tree. There will be four to replace these 10 so they will have room to grow and thrive. We have another area on Laguna Street that needs a, a couple of trees. We're going to plant another couple of trees there. We have to decide where the last four are going, which we will do. We are a democratically elected environmental group, and we really want those trees. The last one I just want to say is this is a financial burden for us, truly. Um, our co-op has a lot of financial burdens, and we are now in the part of doing a whole restructuring of the infrastructure. This will cost money. We are ready to put the money aside and take care of this for our, our residents, our neighbors on both sides, and our square. I'd like to introduce Linda Walsh now, who's a member of some of these committees, and she'd like to share a few thoughts. Yeah. Hi. I'm Linda Walsh, and I'm a member. I've been living at the co-op for about 14 years. And I, uh, too, was one of many people who didn't want to have the trees removed, but after seeing the reports in 2021 about um, the condition there with an arborist, and then the, the more recent one by the Department of um, Bureau of Urban Forestry showing all the rot and decay and the poor condition. Originally in 2021, I noticed that of the 15 trees, there's categories uh, uh, rating up to 100, and all of them were really close to 50. And which is close to the poor category of 30 to 49. So that to me was significant. And whenever any neighbor would say they were up, why are we cutting down the trees? Um, I would explain and show them the report and they would understand. Because many of us are very much aware of and agree with the importance and value of trees within the city. The shade, the windbreaks, the air quality improvements, the habitat and the beauty are beneficial for our, all forms of life, people and animals, and we all want to keep them, and that's why we're going to work to replace them when they, if they can be taken out, the 10 in the middle, and they are very crowded in there. So, um, yeah, so for safety concerns, uh, we're pursuing this, the idea of having the trees removed, and I don't know, do you have a time? You have two minutes left. Two minutes. Two minutes and eight yeah. seconds. Lorraine, do you want to speak quick? So, um, we have one more yeah, uh, we will work on getting the trees replaced and throughout the co-op besides just there. Um, hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Lorraine Luna. I also live in St. Francis Square. Um, I've been there for 24 years. I have um, I've seen these trees. Give me a second. <laughs> I've seen these trees decay in, the, in that time. The trees face my balcony, so I see these trees every day. I've seen them sway with the winds. I've seen them really move. I've seen the branches break, and I actually discovered them when that big branch did fall on the um, parking structure and blocking people in on one side and 
emergency vehicles not being able to get in because of the long tree branch. Um, give me, I do, I am one of these people that loves the trees, but I'm not one of the people that wants them to go either. But I believe these trees are decaying every day because of the different uh, climates we've had. We've had dr summer droughts, we've had too much rain. All of that really weakens the roots of these trees. They are now kind of swaying unbalanced. They have lost their limbs because of winds. If you see the trees from the side of the Ellis Street garage, you will see that the trees are slightly you know, off center. That makes them very much vulnerable to any big winds that come through that could fall, and those branches can fall. They can kill someone. There are dried branches. Not even the birds are living in them anymore. So they become a fire hazard as well. So anytime they can break during the, the next few months, um, if you've seen that the, the, the Almanac is saying that we're gonna have a big rain, rainstorms this season, we should be prepared for that. So we wanna be prepared for that and St. Francisco wants to be proactive about that and help get the trees cut down that we need to take down that are decaying and then Thank you, that's time. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Ma'am, can you please fill out a speaker card? I didn't quite hear your name, just so it's accurate for the minutes. I heard your name, Linda okay. Walsh, thanks. Lorraine Luna, L-U-N-A. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we do have a question from Commissioner Trisvina. Thank you, I, I'm not sure who to direct this to, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why we don't have any brief from you on this matter. A brief, oh. we, we wrote the letter um, this is, we're new to the process. I've never been in front of the Board of Appeals before, so I wasn't, um, and we have documentation from the city and their report to right. show you. But, but according to what the staff has provided, there is nothing provided. And this came up earlier in the year. I'm just, I'm just wondering why, why we don't have anything from, from, from the square. Um, it's only because we, we have, we, I don't know, we work in committees and we just did this and we didn't really realize the procedure and we thought that the letter would be sufficient. Okay, and can you describe, given, given the procedural problems in this, uh, including from the city where there's an allegation that the street was misidentified and there's some notice issues that I'll, I'll ask the city about later, can you describe the role that uh, Ms. Bowler and other members of the community had who don't agree with this view? What, what part of the process did they have? They, they, well, they're not a part, they're a part, they're a part of our neighborhood, but they're not a part of our St. Francis Square or the daycare center that we were representing. So it, they, we, we, um, that's all, that's all I can say. So. Well, they have the role of, of the voicing their minds too, right. but. Um, well, have, have, have your, has your group ever reached out to them to discuss it? You, I thought you had, dis, you had mentioned that this had been a lot of discussion. With, with amongst of our 600 members of our co-op, they never approached us and came to tell us what they, there was, there was not communication between the two groups. But, you, but, but you, nobody you, refused. But you've been, aware, you've been aware of their opposition for a while. 
and nobody from your we were Square made aware has, of it at the appeal that happened in uh, May or June. Right, but nobody has really reached out to them with any to try to address so their just concerns. Through this process, and um, and there was the compromise of instead of all 15, um, the compromise at the last meeting was presented that just 10 be removed out of right. 15. Uh -huh. So then, maybe maybe I can ask Ms. Rosenberg, what is it that we are voting on? Are we voting on? to an appeal on the 15? Is there an agreement for 10 and 5? Well, uh, there is an agreement. Basically the what the order says, um, the order allows them to remove, if you look at the agenda, to remove 10 significant yeah. trees on private property with replacement of four and right. approval to remove one street tree with replacement. So you would be determining whether this order, if you want to uphold it, if you want to modify it, or if you want to overturn it. So the order is 11 trees? No, the order no. says, the, the hearing officer in the order allowed for, they were originally going to, I guess, remove 15 trees, but then the hearing officer right. at the end of the, the hearing allowed them to remove 10 only. I don't know if that was an agreement or if. That, that was a compromise that we okay. reached. So maybe the department can address how they arrived at 10 from 15. I, I don't see that uh, well, after. I'm, I'm not concerned how they arrived. I'm, I'm concerned what has arrived. Yeah, so, so basically, do, as it states in the agenda and in he's the, show the recommendation, the last paragraph of the order uh, is, you know, ten, removal of 10 significant trees to re be replaced with four and removal of one street tree with replacement. So that is 11. It, it, Correct. It is, it, it Ten is significant trees and one street tree. Mm -hmm. And the street tree you should, is, is dead and dying. I, they're not objecting to that um, because it needs to go. So it's, it's, the, uh, it's the 15 poplar trees that, that they are objecting to us bringing down. And they are... But, they, but, you're, not, but you're not intending... You're not, you don't have a, uh, authority to bring down... 15 anymore, you only have authority to remove That's 10. That's correct, because we agreed with that compromise back and, in May. And replace, and replace four. And we're going to place, and, and our position is we will replace 10 trees, but four are, are part of that compromise that will go right in the exact same place where the popular trees are now. And they're fast growing, and they're tall, and they're pretty. Okay, and, and uh, when you describe it as a compromise, it was originally our position because we hired arborists last year to, to bring all of them down because we were so afraid. We had just had several big trees in our co-op fall very close to, to peep where people are staying. Right, but when you say compromise, you don't mean compromise with the other side. You're saying you've reduced the number that you're... That was recommended by the city. In the, in the report that, yeah. It's recommended by the city. We, we accepted that, yes. So you and the city, you're, you're set, the compromise then is with you and the city rather than you and That's correct. The other side. That's Great. correct. Thank you very much. That's correct. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you. Um, I, I do have uh, some additional questions for you. Um, uh, number one, in your letter brief that you just submitted today, which we didn't have the, the um, privilege of seeing before today, um, you say that you're planning to replace other trees, um, but I guess my question then is, 
why are those other replacement trees not included in your replacement plan that you submitted to the city? Which we also haven't seen, by the way, but... Um, well, the, the compromise of reducing from 15 to 10 was presented to us and we accepted it. Since then, our committees in the co-op have been working and have decided that to ask the board to replace all 10 of them. And that's what we're working on now, and we will. That's the promise that we're giving to the, the community. Okay, but is, has that been submitted to the city? No, because no, because we're willing to, to whatever the city has, has issued an, their order, we're, we're acknowledging that for sure, and replacing the four that is recommended. We're doing that, but we're going above and beyond that is our point. Okay, thank you. Um, and then, okay, so you are willing to do at least 10 replacements because I, I'm looking at the photos that were submitted by the appellant, it doesn't, I mean, it, it looks like there's concrete squares that each tree are in, so replacing it with four would just leave six empty. No, there's not, there's not squares. The squares that are there um, are not contained. The poplar trees are not in them. They are behind those. They're behind those. Right. Okay. They're behind. They're, there's not individual. On this, right at the curb, there are street wells, tree street wells, wells, but after the sidewalk between the garage building and the sidewalk. Oh, I the, see it now. The lawn okay. Is grass. Does this work as a camera? Yeah. So can I just overhead, please? Can I just? This is one of the trees that would be kept, but this is the report that. I, Chris, are you going to be showing these photos? Yeah. He's going to be showing them, but each one has a rundown that we looked at of which... Sorry. Please speak into the microphone. Here. Oh, sorry. So each one of these trees has a detailed report about the condition and pictures about why they're going to be replaced. And he took us on a tour showing us exactly the... The, I forget the, the terminology, the, 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 the decay, decay pockets. pockets, yeah. So going by this, um, there's some that to keep and others to replace, but they'll probably be better on what he shows you. So, and the thing is that the four that we're talking about replacing are in the exact same property area. The other ones would be replaced or put a, around the whole co-op, one on Laguna. I see. Okay, so the, there would not be 10 replacements within those spots. It would spot. be elsewhere in the, we, in we, the we complex. We learned from those trees not to plant them so close together. Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, Question from Vice President Lopez. Uh, thank you for your testimony. Just a... A question with respect to the letter. Have you shared this with, with the appellant, what you, what you shared with us? We did not. No. Okay. So I guess... Sorry, we're not so familiar with oh, no, this process. Fine. Point of information, how, how can we make sure that the appellant gets this? Uh, we could email it to her, um, but it isn't... Unfortunately, they didn't submit the brief by the deadline, and we probably shouldn't have accepted this now because it's late and the appellant hasn't seen it. So, yeah. can we at least can can we have them email it to us now, and then we can forward it to yeah. The Do, can you email the letter to us now, and we will email it to the appellant, and also Chris Buck? I don't Do you have, have this any, letter? I don't have the capability right now. Yeah. So 
why don't we give, do you have an extra letter for the department? Yes. yes. And can you email it right now to the appellant? Um, we, we don't have the technology okay. to do that. We can do it as soon as we get home. And although we don't have her. Or could we, yeah. could we display it on the overhead maybe at least? Sure. And we could also scan it and email it to her. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I, I would advise the board not to rely on the letter since um, the appellant didn't have the opportunity to review it. What I would suggest is that um, the parties make sure to put their argument into the record, which, you know, it, it sounds like you've done in making, in making your position, you know, today. So that would be the best way to ensure that our record is clear, that you orally state any important points for the, from the letter that you would like the board to consider? We, we feel like we did. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So maybe we should reject the letter and just make it clear that the commissioners won't be making their decision based on the letter. That's, that's fine with me. Sorry for okay. becoming over, overzealous in my service attitude. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Trezvenia? Uh, I am extraordinarily uncomfortable in our even proceeding in this matter we got nothing from the 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 appellant we got nothing from the san francisco people we got nothing apparently from the city uh, we have a letter that would helpfully hopefully resolve the situation so uh, when the time comes i'm going to move that we continue this so that people can work this out Okay, Commissioner Lemberg, do you have to, something to To the best of my understanding, though, I, I, we wouldn't actually be able to accept additional briefing, and Ms. Huber and Ms. Rosenberg can... Well, I mean, I don't think we should in terms of fairness. The brief from the department was submitted late, so we had to reject it, and the, the determination holder didn't submit one till today, so that's... Even allowing that in is unfair. Yeah. So, so we, we have no... Uh, we're jumping the gun here on this discussion, well, I might add. But you can make a decision based on their testimony. Uh, we can make a decision based on their testimony uh, or after hearing rebuttal and hearing from the uh, from Buff, uh, we can decide to take the action that is alternatively being suggested, which is to uh, continue it. Okay, I guess we want to, well, let's hear from the department, but we, we want to clarify for what end for the continuance, if we're not going to allow additional briefing for the parties to work on it, a resolution more, or? Well, the, the continuance is based on, on the, the ability to, to ensure that both parties have uh, the same information and are basing their testimony and are getting a fair hearing from this board. That would be okay, it. Okay, but we're we, rejecting the submission today, so. Yeah. But we but we heard the the submission. We heard some of the submission because mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to read this thing, cause I, as it was handed to me 45 seconds ago, metaphorically. Okay. Uh, then we're we're hearing testimony, and if the testimony covers the, the letter, we're not relying on the letter. We're relying on the testimony, and that's part of what we we do here. So the disability for all of us is that Buff didn't get their materials in on time. That the the the, uh, the permit holder didn't get their materials in on time. That's I see. A, so you'd be, we would be continuing it. I think, it I think so that, that works that, as, a, as a disadvantage to both. But, right. You know. So everyone would have an opportunity to hear the information, come back, and maybe have three minutes each to address it or what have you. And then we'll decide whether the, the commission thinks that there's been uh, an injustice by, by not hearing 
every every little morsel. Okay. That but makes if, if submitting just uh, creates redundancy to well, what's the point? That makes sense. Okay. Well, let work. Uh, President Swig, are you, do you want to allow her to say something, uh, or should we just? Has, she, we have rebuttal. You'll have time in rebuttal to say something. Right. We're going to hear from the department right now. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. Chris Buck with San Francisco Public Works Bureau of Urban Forestry. I'll pull up a PowerPoint in a couple minutes or in a moment. Um, without a doubt, I think this discussion underscores the importance of all parties to submit briefs. Um, sometimes I think it might seem kind of basic, but when we submit a brief on behalf of the department, we do sort of recap, you know, all these moving parts. It's just right there in front of you. Um, you get it from the respondent as well, and um, it's a large property with a lot of trees, and some of them are uh, off the public right away. So I'm. Uh, understanding the importance of submitting that brief uh, while I experience the dialogue. I'm going to pull up the PowerPoint now. Um, so to step back a moment, um, what's before you this evening is the consideration of removing 10 significant trees on private property. Significant trees are uh, a part of our ordinance that was created in 2006, so that trees that are benefiting the public right-of-way or the experience of it um, are protected as if they're street trees. So that's as far as uh, the city has been bold enough to venture managing trees and private property. Uh, if the tree is within 10 feet of a right-of-way and meets a certain size criteria, then it shall have the protections of the street tree. Those size criteria are very easy to meet. Uh, height greater than 20 feet, diameter greater than 12 inches at four and a half feet above grade, and a canopy width greater than uh, 15 feet wide. In this particular case, the row of poplar trees, Lombardi poplars, uh, from Lombard, Italy area, uh, all qualify as significant. What's interesting about this site is that Public Works has planted out all available planting sites along both frontages of the property. I don't know if I've ever been able to say that before, but we don't have any missing empty uh, tree basins along Ellis or Laguna. So the subject trees are the maintenance responsibility, the 10 poplars, uh, of the property owner. Regarding, uh, I wanted to clear up our vernacular at Board of Appeals when we talk about a compromise is typically between both parties. I believe what the uh, applicant means is that they applied to remove all 15 trees. Public Works staff reviewed that application. We found that five were relatively healthy and sustainable. We denied the request uh, to remove all 15. So we denied the request to remove five of them, we approved the removal of 10. They did appeal that decision initially, so when we had a public works hearing, all 15 trees plus the street tree was under consideration. Following the um, public works hearing, and I believe at the public works hearing, the applicant uh, conceded or agreed or compromised with not appealing those five additional trees. 
That said, since the appeal from Ms. Bowler, there's been no conversation with the appellant about any further compromise. So I just want to kind of clear up that the order of those events. And I, I believe that the applicant, um, you know, believe they've compromised in good faith with Public Works in general. Um, what I want to do is review the, the trees. The Lombardi poplar trees are very, very tall and they're fast growing. And there's an adage that uh, live fast, die young. And this species is a great example of that. Um, they do grow very quickly, um, but they also tend to be short-lived. The wood itself is not good at compartmentalizing decay, meaning that when they begin decaying, the decay spreads more quickly than other species. Um, that's in guidebooks. You can look up tree species, just like we know walnut or other woods is a very hard wood. Uh, poplar wood is more uh, pulpish. So that's a, a general background about the species. The five trees that we denied, it's the first three trees in the row. We did not see as much decay present in the trunks, so we felt like we could work around and with these trees, even though they are beginning to impact the property. So the first three trees in this row are trees that we felt were in good enough condition to remain. Again, in general, we try to maintain that trees that are relatively healthy and sustainable, especially mature trees, should remain. It is a, a really beautiful, long row of trees. I absolutely agree with uh, Ms. Bowler on that front. So these first three trees are in good enough condition to remain. As we get on to the next set of trees, beginning with tree four, we start to see decline in the upper canopy, and then there are uh, pockets of decay present throughout the lower trunks and stems. And I'm going to run out of time, so I'm going to move through some of these photos a little bit more quickly. But we do evaluate trees, just as a reminder, on a tree-by-tree -tree basis. We don't roll up and say, well, this is a big, beautiful row of trees. I'm going to deny this. We have to evaluate each tree individually to look at its own individual merits. Uh, these trees, these photos were taken a year ago already, but showing some decline in the canopy. So from the perspective of Public Works and the Bureau of Urban Forestry, we feel that this is a very reasonable request, that the trees are beginning to decline, uh, that the species is fast growing. They're planted very, very close together and very close to the foundation of the parking structure. I know that structure is not necessarily um, the Victorians that were likely there before redevelopment, but um, it is a structure and property nonetheless that I'm sure the applicant wishes to avoid damage on from uh, the expanding root system. I did want to get to the replacement tree plan. The reason why more replacement trees are not being required is that there's no room to plant uh, the required replacement trees. So we have street trees lining both frontages. And they 30 seconds. Where, we, uh, where they propose to plant the replacement trees is in between the spacing of the existing trees. So there's room for three trees spaced between the existing street trees. And there is room to plant an additional tree around the corner on Laguna. And we've met on site since the appeal was filed to confirm what can be planted and be considered significant in the future. Uh, time's up. Thank you. That's time.
Thank you. We have a question from President Swig. All right. I'm having a math problem. Um, oh, sorry. This one. I got two mics going. Uh, I have a math problem. Um, so we start with 15 trees, correct? Correct. All right. And originally you wanted all 15 trees to, to disappear. The applicant submitted an application seeking the removal of all 15. Okay. So it was led by the applicant. Okay. The applicant being? St. Francis. St. Francis. So they wanted 15 gone. Yeah. All right. The, the compromise was to, uh, uh, to remove, I'm trying to get the math right. Um, the, the compromise leaves 11 trees somewhere in a combination of remaining trees and trees to be planted, correct? The, they are seeking the removal of 10 trees in that row plus one street tree around the corner. Okay, all right. So that's So, the, so 10 yep. trees in that row will go away uh, leaving leaving five trees there plus the one those 10 trees will be replaced with uh, trees between the existing the trees that get to stay and at places to be determined later so you get back to 11 Right. Correct. Four, right. four of the replacement trees can be planted in that spacing, in that setback area, that will qualify as future significant trees again to, to re-reach that protected uh, jurisdiction. The additional trees is something they're coming to us now to say, we understand the spirit of the ordinance. We want to make it at least one for one, though we understand that six of these will not be in your future jurisdiction we wish to plant them throughout their private property. Right, okay. So, the, um, so that's, the, that's the math ar around that. The reason that the, f there's four, four trees are gonna be remaining from the, how many trees are gonna be remaining? Five, from the five will remain. Five will remain. Yep. And, and therefore, 11 will go. And, and, and the, the difference between the five and 11 will be picked up otherwise. The reason that the, the, the all but five are being removed are for safety and security reasons, that is deterioration at the trunks, or in, which yeah. will result in a danger, a hazard to the community. Is that, was that, is that your view? Correct, that's a fair um, recap. And these are on private property, not San Francisco city property. Correct. Okay. So this is like somebody coming into my backyard and saying yeah, that you have significant trees, and but they are causing harm because they could fall down, go boom, and, and hit somebody in the head and, and cause some harm. So we want them down. That's basically the spirit of why these are be, being taken down. Correct. Uh, public safety, um, just very straightforward property management, um, no construction uh, activity whatsoever. So a little bit of a, a rare occasion for us just to talk about simple, basic property management. Yeah, I just wanted to summarize so we're clear. This is the problem when you don't get briefings. 
in advance is that you don't get to study and you have to ask dumb questions like I did. Okay, thank you. Mr. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you. Um, um, first of all, why, I, I, why did the city not require one-to-one -one replacement like you normally do in tree removal cases? Sure, um, so it's just the simple uh, space of it. So the current row of trees is planted, they're planted really close together, and in some places six to nine feet apart. So it's so sort I, of- Sorry, I, I understand why they're not being planted, replanted in the same location, but to the best of my understanding, replanting plans usually involve, if they cannot be replanted in the same location, they have to be planted somewhere else or that they donate money to the city to plant them in other neighborhoods that need them more. So why was that not taken into consideration here? Sure, um, the frontages, both of these frontages have existing street trees um, planted and maintained by the city that are all established. Um, they, I mean, I guess that we go that route when there's development where healthy trees are being removed and due to development and construction, um, through the benefit of that property owner, they need and seek the removal and re uh, replacement of trees. We do the assessed value, the appraised value of those trees, and try to require trunk replacement. So UCSF Parnassus comes mm -hmm. to mind where they had a row of very, very large uh, trees. And so we were able to um, essentially require that they replace uh, elsewhere in the community. The significant trees are, they're not on the public right of way, so requiring a replacement that is a street tree in the public right of way, not directly adjacent to the property, does become problematic from a jurisdiction perspective. They would literally need to walk down the street and, and water a street tree um, in front of someone else's property. I think if it was construction related and these trees were healthy, we would be talking about how to make that happen. Um, but in this case, it's, you know, the, they're not trying to get away with a, a public good. They're just simply trying to maintain their, their property. What we, so it's, it's about what there's room for. You know, if, if there were 15 beams all in a row, but there's really only space for X amount and you only need X amount to hold up what you're working on, you know, you don't just line it up. It would certainly be easy enough uh, to not have to explain it and just say, let's just line them all back up again. But we wouldn't be practicing science or arboriculture. You know, we would be practicing something, something else. I don't know what it would be called. Um, so it's, it's about, we can only require what there's space for to become future significant trees as replacements. Um, we would be getting fees and, and more value if it was construction related. Um, you know, I, I did caution the applicant. I said it's a nice gesture in general a couple months ago about planting additional trees, but they weren't going to be future significant trees or protected trees. Why does it make a difference that there is no construction going on at this particular property? That seems like a little bit of a red herring to me. Um... So as the property owner, you voluntarily plant trees, you maintain them for 40 years through no fault of your own, they need to be replaced. 
are we requiring the property owner to to replace uh, you know 50 trees in the community to come up with that biomass replacement? Um, I don't I don't believe we're there yet uh, in terms of what the code can require. Okay. Um, Hmm. Okay, my, my last question for now, and I, I think I'll have more later. Um, from previous tree cases that we've had with you, Mr. Buck, it seems to me that decay alone is not usually enough of a reason to remove a tree. Um, why do, uh, or uh, I'll, I'll ask a better question first. Would, if these, if the permit if the applicant had not applied to remove these trees, would these trees be slated by the city to be removed anyway? So the easy out is to say that they're not in our jurisdiction, they're on private property, we haven't had any contact with, with the trees. Um, so it's just a completely different uh, situation altogether. Um, that said, if they were in the public right of way, if someone called and said the trees, these trees are out there, what do, you, what do you believe? We have a history of a lot of branch failures. I actually do believe, um, and this is why we met with the, the applicant um, prior to the, this appeal, but there is enough decay present. There are, there's enough decline in the canopies and enough signs of branch failures. And I think that's where, if we had submitted a brief, we could have provided more photos of where branches have broken off in the past. So I do believe uh, if public works were, were asked, as you are asking me now, that removal of 10 of the 15 trees at this point in time is a reasonable approach to um, managing the trees. Even, even though they're large and majestic, we know that it's a fast-growing, short-lived species, and it's, it's fitting a species pattern for us. Um, so we would be comfortable with uh, recommending 10 for removal. So I hear you say it's a reasonable alternative, but do these trees need to be removed? Or is it just, you know, what's being suggested and the department is kind of, you know, saying okay? No. So... We evaluate the trees uh, individually. Um, we received this application when I'm looking back at the timestamp, something like late 2001. Um, we take this very seriously. Um, it's a large site with a lot of trees. It took a while for our inspection team to get out there due to staffing issues and last winter storms. Um, but it's, I would say they're reasonable removals. It's you know, when are we gonna wait for a property owner to manage the trees? Do they have to be an absolute hazard? It's a lot easier when the trees are dead. People still protest the removal of dead trees. That's fine. But I don't know what else we'd be waiting for. I think these have reached the, the, the ends of their typical um, productive years where you can, with some certainty, state on the record that these trees are relatively healthy and sustainable. We can't say that about these 10 trees. Are they immediate hazard now? No. Um, but I do think there are merits and it's a very reasonable uh, approach to, to manage this property. Let me ask one final question. It's kind of a bigger, bigger picture question. 
In the scope of specifically significant trees on private property, what, in your view, is the purpose of making property owners apply for permits to remove or modify those trees? Sure, thank you, Commissioner. The, it's really to recognize that trees that are on private property but near the public right, right of way are benefiting all of us, um, that these trees have value in the community and to the neighborhood. So uh, the significant tree and significant tree criteria um, kind of has a preamble and highlights that mature trees are an asset to the public right of way. And that's, I mean, that's the role. It, the idea is for there to be a reasonable uh, discourse. Um, there are times when some of these trees need to be removed. Um, doesn't mean that they'll all be protected or all denied, but at least they have a layer, and in this case, several layers at the staff level, departmental level, and at Board, board of Appeals, a robust level of uh, review so that the public has some insurance that these assets are being um, maintained, you know, for the public good. So it's really to, to dip a toe for San Francisco, which is largely the Wild West when it comes to street trees, sorry, to trees and private property, um, to get jurisdiction over 10 feet of private property that also benefits the public. Thank you. Commissioner Trisvigna. Uh, th thank you. I you just used a couple of phrases that I want to follow, follow up on. One is robust level of review, and the other is reasonable discourse. I want to commend my colleagues for trying to make that happen in this case. So can you, can you tell me why the city didn't submit anything on this case to us? Uh, sure, Commissioner. I was about 30 minutes, 35 minutes late submitting my brief. Um, so that's my fault. And then Public Works did, we had, of course, no objections to the, the continuance to rehear the, reschedule the case a month later at the request of the uh, appellant. My understanding is I still wouldn't be able to provide a, a, a brief at that point in time, um, but I, I could have asked to, I don't, but I don't believe that resets the. Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, so because you were 35 minutes late back at the beginning of August, we're deprived of your views, the department's views today. Okay. Um, I did submit the brief to the appellant, and um, you know I feel like that's whether or not it can be used to the benefit of the Board of Appeals. It certainly was provided to the appellant. Um, so I do apologize for that. Well, if those are rules, those are rules. It seems the public can comment, but the, the agency cannot. And, and uh, uh, that's, that's something on, on us, perhaps. Can you, the, uh, the, the appellants have raised an issue about appropriate notice for the underlying proceeding. And I saw in your, in your PowerPoint, you, you referenced a tree at 1755 Laguna. We're talking about Ellis Street. Can you clear up whether sure. these are all one area with two different addresses or whether something was, was misidentified? Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Um, if I could go to the PowerPoint slide. Um, thank you. Um, so just to clear up some of that, there, when we received the application from the applicant, 
where things went south was that the, the address on the application, this is just right from the screen from the, the permit, the contractor on behalf of the property owner submitted the application as 1345 Ellis Street. There is a school on this block and the other main property is this parking garage with no visible uh, signage out there. So I do wanna assure you it's not like there were 15 addresses out there and someone clearly should have spotted that. We should have spotted that. We typically pull up map viewer, double check parcels. Um, so typically we catch a typo like that. Um, but when we posted notices on the trees, um, it was referenced as 1345 Ellis and it really should have been referenced as the even side of the 1300 block of Ellis. Um, and I did anticipate, I did review uh, Ms. Bowler's brief and in our original 30 day notice, when all 15 trees were being considered, uh, the address was shown as thus one quick step lane, 1355 Laguna Street, tree number two. So it had the 11 trees plus the one around the corner. And then below that under other, very small, very small, it says 1345 Ellis. So the 1345 Ellis, although incorrect address, gets you to that block. We also have the permit number correctly referenced, uh, two lines above that, 789-225. We did go in depth in the public works resulting decision, and that gets reviewed by our director and signed off on, but we really did go into the, the details um, in the public works recommendation about um, catching that. It was brought to our attention, and we addressed that at the public works hearing. I did notice that our hearing at Public Works, we did correct the addresses for our presentation back several months ago when we had our Public Works hearing. So here you can see 1320 Ellis is, is where this, these trees are. Again, that's a fictitious address, but that's what thir where 1320 Ellis would be. And then 1355 Laguna Street, this is the tr street tree around the corner. Um, so I did intend to try to cover this this evening because I do know that um, Board of Appeals, you know, one of, the, one of the many things you all do is to um, review whether a permit had been issued in error and to make sure the due process was followed. So Public Works uh, acknowledged the, the error, addressed it in the Public Works resulting decision, and also addressed it this evening. I didn't get to it, but at least had it uh, prepared this evening to to be able to answer to that. I also note that Ms. Bowler, although she was passionate in her written submittal on time, um, didn't speak at all this evening about feeling wronged in any way about our process. So I do want to um, point that out. Okay, can, is it my, so there's the discrepancy of addresses on the notices. Where do the notices, where, what's the requirement to post the notice? Is it on the actual trees? The, our urban forestry ordinance, the code requires that we post them on the trees and on uh, local uh, corners, so utility poles. Okay. We also post this information on our website. So I will say that if there's been a, a, an error, uh, you know, human error like this, if we have any doubt that the public's been um, misapprised of their rights or had any of their rights um, 
impinged upon, we always just start the process over. Why, why not? So we typically start a process over if we feel like, oh my gosh, we're getting 10, 50, you know, we're getting a bunch of phone calls. People are really confused out there. We didn't get that. Um, we did receive public comment from uh, our most vocal tree advocates to point out that there is an error in some of the, the addresses. But there's still a number of other addresses on the same posting that are accurate. So were the trees that are the subject of this hearing, did they have notices attached to them? For this tonight's hearing, we're not required to, to post uh, physically for Board of Appeals, but for the Public Works hearing and the original 30-day notice, all the correct trees were posted. Uh, okay. So right. these and I, been... I realize you don't post for our hearings, but no, no. For the, for the, the, where, there said, where there is said a discrepancy, the actual trees had... The correct Notice. trees had had bright orange notices um, for 30 days originally, and then for another 10 to 12 days leading up to the, the public works hearing a couple of months later. So multiple um, highly visible postings. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Trezvina, I also would like to say that the board office is required under the law to provide notice to neighbors within, um, what is it, 300 or 150 feet? 150 feet of the location, and we go based on the address on the order. And so if 1345 Ellis is incorrect, we sent notice out of this hearing um, with that address. So in, in fairness, people may not have notice of this hearing because uh, it actually isn't the trees aren't at 1345 Ellis. It's they're across the street. So that makes this process flawed. It's, it's 150 feet radius from the subject property. Right. But if someone receives that notice, they might say, oh, 1345, I'm fine with those being removed, mm. and not knowing that it's on the even side of the street. So I think our notice is flawed now that we've learned that their notice was flawed. Apologize, um, Ms. Rosenberg, for not bringing that to your attention. Okay. Yeah. So we are now, I don't see any further questions. We're moving on to public comment. And uh, is there anyone in the room who'd like to provide public comment? Mr. Carnes, you previously stated. If you could come up to the microphone, that would be great. So I had some written comments to, uh, to present tonight if the hearing were to proceed as, as if the, uh, <clears throat> as if the uh, St. Francis Square people had submitted a brief and as, as if uh, your Bureau of Urban Forestry submitted a brief. But right now I would just be giving away my, my hand. So I don't really have anything to say. Um, <laughs> But I can, I can assure the, uh, I, I'm an expert at drawing maps with longitude, latitude. I've got that whole block squared out. You know, so if you have any questions, uh, you, you can get a hold of me. Um, 
But I, I just want to point out that uh, Bureau of Urban Forestry has a very poor record of finding out where trees are, are located and um, what their longitude latitude points are. The DPW database has every tree specced down to a latitude longitude point like a specific point on the planet. Unfortunately, uh, Buff doesn't use, doesn't use that data. The city spent a half million bucks in 2017 to provide that data, but the forestry department doesn't use it. So that's just some general information that you can use if, if you'd like or not use. But I, I'll, I'll hold back my comments on the uh, objections um, until the, the hearing proceeds as normal. So thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Um, is there any further public comment within the hearing room? So we're gonna move to Zoom and Courtney Height, please go, go ahead, you have three minutes. Uh, wonderful, thank you, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, so my name is Courtney Height and I live in St. Francis Square Cooperative uh, with my partner and my two small children. I am an environmentalist, that's what my job is. Um, and I'm a mother. Um, and last year, um, during the months of rain that we've discussed um, that San Francisco experienced, I was walking um, with my two-year-old through our complex and we heard a loud sound and I looked around, but luckily I kept walking because two seconds later, a huge branch from a tree fell right where my child and I had just been. I was terrified, it, it broke a light post. Um, and then in that same storm, a giant tree, one of the a poplar tree, uh, fell on Rosa Parks Elementary School, which is a, a couple hundred feet from uh, my house and just around a corner from where these trees are. Um, and luckily, it didn't hurt anybody at the time. And it also, luckily, it didn't fall onto St. Francis Square. Because um, if it had, it would have hurt, it would have landed on my neighbor's homes. Um, now, my three and a half year old goes to Phoebe Hearst uh, Preschool, which is right across the street from the trees. Um, every day we walk by, as do hundreds of families and neighbors and friends, um, and we really we need to remove these trees for safety reasons. The director of Phoebe Hurst Elementary School signed the letter um, supporting removal, as did the Central Gardens Rehabilitation Center, which is also along Ellis, directly across from these trees, um, and the parents of our school are also concerned. Um, we're not asking to remove a forest of old growth trees, um, just 10 trees that two arborists have determined are dead or dying and are a safety risk. Um, and as the climate crisis uh, brings more extreme weather, strong wind, heavy rain, San Francisco will continue to be saturated and have the same problem uh, and more trees will become hazardous to people, our homes and our property. So I think let's get in front of this and let's protect public safety and remove these trees. Um, thank you again for your time and uh, all that you all do for the city. Okay, thank Thanks. you. We will now hear from John Nolte, please go ahead. Uh, good evening. Um, my first issue is that um, everybody's talking wrongly about how many trees there are. There are 15 significant trees on Ellis Street, and then there's one tree on Laguna. So that's a total of 16 trees, which is nobody, everybody says we're 10. It's not. It's going to, you have to replace 11 trees because the, the one on Laguna is a street tree. So it's a totally different category, and it does go with what one of the commissioners talked about, because it is a street tree, so it does, is covered by the ordinance. Uh, so uh, that's the first issue. Second issue is that uh, Ellis Street, where this is these, these 15 uh, poplar trees are at, 
are is a dead end street. So therefore, who's walking down a dead end street? I mean, what really, you go to the end there, it's, it's a school, so there's nothing there. So when people say they're walking by the street, they're not walking by the street. There's no street to go to end. It's an end street. It's, it doesn't go further. The school's there. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, and then the next thing is that, again, um, I, in, my, in my testimony that I gave to, uh, in a timely matter, to Board of Appeals, it shows the map of this neighborhood it's in your board packet that shows correct information about this location and wrong information that was given by Buff on the postings the first time and then also additionally during the hearing and on its website. So when they say that they corrected it, they didn't correct it. They All they did was give a decision after the fact and I was even chastised by the hearing officer for, for bringing that information up after, during that hearing with DPW. So therefore, uh, this is a, a bad process by DPW uh, uh, hearing that they had. And I suggest that the, this be continued as um, uh, President Speaks suggests because the parties are not meeting in the mind. And also it is a flawed process when your own executive director makes the point that the neighbors were not uh, included in tonight's hearing. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand if you're on Zoom and you want to provide public comment. Okay, Michael Nolte, please go ahead. Hi, um, this is uh, Michael Nolte. Um, there seems to be one problem after another in this case. Um, and uh, I don't see how a commissioner or a board member can um, actually come to a conclusion um, there were no briefs submitted by uh, two of the parties. Uh, you know, there seems to be on, an ongoing number of issues. So uh, my suggestion is a continuance. Um, and uh, I, I even go further as uh, um, deny the permit because uh, um, uh, people are negating the, the process, which is a fly in the face of the Board of Appeals. Um, I, would, I would lean even further to deny the process. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand. If you're on Zoom and you want to provide public comment, your parties, so you can't provide public Hello. Comment. Hello, my hand is raised. Okay, who who are you? Megan. Um, Megan Bowler. Okay, sorry, please go ahead. All right. I'm gonna share my screen. Um, and a little right. video. She's related the to the appellant, but she doesn't live with her, so she's permitted to speak during public comment. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm uh, sharing a video of these trees while I make a couple of points. I'm gonna skip uh, the personal points about um, the 20 years my mother has spent with these trees and her reasons for supporting these trees and all of the bird life, uh, the beautiful mascots of San Francisco. The, the, the parakeets that fly and speak and hang out in these trees. But I'm gonna address what has just uh, been revealed. And that is there are two serious concerns with the St. Francis requested emergency removal of first 15, now 11 trees. First, there's an issue with process. As we just heard, the letter from St. Francis was not properly submitted and filed and submitting after the fact violates the appeals policy. Further, the removal notice and process was flawed and misleading since it said it was on Ellis Street, but it was a block away giving inaccurate 
information to neighbors and the public thus not being able to speak up. Further, we are being told that there was compromise to destroy 11 instead of 10 trees. But just to note, any discussion of compromise certainly does not reflect communication or consultation with the other neighbors or the appellant. Secondly, and this is more most important, there is highly overdramatic representation of the threats these trees pose. One branch fell. That is what is documented. It is simply unfair to destroy 11 significant, 10 significant trees in one other because of a single accident over the past decades and this fear of future branches. As was just noted, this is a dead-end street with very little foot traffic, thus decreasing the highly minimal risk. Uh, Chris himself just said that there is no immediate danger, quoting. I have witnessed these trees. I submitted the photos. The sidewalk is not affected except in rare cases. The St. Fran Francis Arborist Report of December 2021 predicted catastrophic results for these trees during the winter storms. But that prediction didn't come to pass over the last year and a half, save for the one branch. The trees survived 80 some 80 mile per hour winds that took down 600 other trees in San Francisco. I would beg to differ with the interpretation of the arborist report that 10, they, they said that, so 10 of the 15 trees rate 50 or above, meaning fair to better condition. In fact, we did speak with another arborist who recommended that the trees be trimmed, not destroyed, and thus maintained. So I'm advocating a continuance and also that there be consideration of trimming rather than destroying these trees and helping with maintenance of this beautiful uh, legacy in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment on this matter? Please raise your hand. You're, you're representing the appellant or the, per, the determination holder, so you can't provide public comment. No. Okay, I don't see any further public comment, so we are moving on to rebuttal, and we'll hear from Ms. D.J. Bowler. You have three minutes. Ms. Bowler, are you there? There. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Good. Uh, well, my brain is full of a lot of words. Uh, uh, I, I would suggest that uh, the trees be treated individually and kept selectively, spacing the time between any removals uh, so as to not uh, harm the remaining trees. They, you know, they, their roots are interconnected out of sight significantly. They even produce antibiotics for each other. They do all kinds of weird things. Uh, I, I would like to also say that I spent, when, when I was shocked to see the uh, notices on all of those trees lined up, uh, I was very careful to 
check it all out. The address given on uh, for the street tree had me going up and down the street asking. There were there are two uh, addresses on the other side of the street. Uh, uh, I asked those places, uh, and I never did realize that the tree was up around the corner, a whole block up the corner on uh, Laguna Street. Uh, I don't see why the experience of other people wouldn't be similar. So they would not have been noticed uh, on that tree. And furthermore, when I did go up there, there was a notice, weirdly enough, posted on a street pole, but there was no notice on that tree. Uh, I believe that was within the time limits of the necessary posting. Uh, uh, 30 seconds. Well, I just appreciate the care given to this and would hope that the trees would be treated with the care that they should and not be destroyed because of unwarranted fears. Thank you, that's time. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from St. Francis Cooperative. Please go ahead, you have three minutes. Um, this is uh, in response to Mr. John Nolte and Mr. Michael Nolte. I live on Inca Lane, which ends at the base of Ellis in the cul-de-sac. That area is used very widely by, um, by school kids going into Rosa Parks, walking, by residents going to visit their families over at the garden um, Senior, senior Center. Also, uh, Sacred Heart kids use Ellis to Inca to get to Starbucks. Every day, Ellis is used by foot traffic, every day. I also work for St. Francis Square. I do the recology for them. There's two sheds at the end of Ellis near the cul-de-sac. I work in those sheds every day. I do not want a branch that comes from those trees that are up under it to hit that shed. If it does, I'm done. So I have seen those trees. More than one branch has fallen. Many branches have fallen. Decide if it's even a 10-foot little swatch will could kill somebody or you know, maim them in some way. Ella Street is used by a lot of people, a lot of children, a lot of uh, elderly walk that way. And it is a very vibrant area that is used all the time. So. I'm not looking forward to this season of rain that will come, and we really need to address these trees in this situation. Thank you. Okay. I just want to first apologize. I wasn't, we weren't trying to uh, downgrade the process. We were not trying to um, eliminate the process or respect the process. We didn't know what the process was, to be honest. And um, um, I just want to, on behalf of St. Francis Square, to apologize for that. I also just want to reiterate that through, through this whole process, 
our main goal is to keep people safe. And um, people don't feel safe. You heard it from Courtney. The kids there don't feel safe sometimes. The seniors at Central Gardens don't feel. It's, it does, it's not a big walkthrough place like Gary, but there's a lot of kids and residents who drive through there. So we're just urging you to consider our plea of allowing us to remove those trees and replace them, replace them with trees that are just going to be beautiful and are fast growing. Thank you. Thank you. We will now hear from the department. Good evening, Commissioners. Chris Buck with Public Works Bureau of Urban Forestry. I just wanted to reiterate again, apologize to the board for um, while Public Works is, uh, you know, addressing the the address issue of not considering Board of Appeals in your own notification process, so that's just uh, embarrassing um, all around. That combined with not submitting a brief on time really doesn't give you the opportunity to understand well in advance a number of moving pieces. So I can see how that plays out, and it's an important reminder for our team to to be aware of. So. Yeah, just the address issue is just something that um, I never want to belittle someone's access to information. I, I'm a public educator, and the idea is to manage trees without uh, personal benefit, but just to try to maintain them on behalf of the public. So I am curious to see how we um, proceed if, if we're off with the address for uh, notification to uh, the Board of Appeals radius mailing. So uh, that's it. I've, I listened and heard all the comments, and I appreciate the feedback. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner Lumberg has a question, then President Swig. Thank you. I have one very simple question. If we were to theoretically grant the appeal tonight, um, is there anything that would stop St. Francis Square Cooperative from reapplying to remove these trees? I believe when... Uh, Public Works denies a permit. I think there's a, a one-year. Well, it would be different because they would be, would be applying different. for a different address with the correct address. Their previous application mm. was for across the street. So they would be applying with a different address, I, I think. It, it is, uh, but it is the same trees, ultimately. I, I understand your point, Ms. Rosenberg, is, but is there anything procedurally within Buff's permitting process that would prevent them from immediately reapplying? Public works, I believe, when it says that we deny an application, that's the key word. When we deny an application, we uh, require that an applicant wait at least, I believe it's a year. So in this... But you wouldn't be denying the permit here. We would, right? Correct. So um, that's there's nothing that would prevent us from um, beginning a process anew. Great. So. Thank you. President Swig. Simple question. Why not? Uh, what's the issue around trimming the trees or not? Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, Public Works always considers just routine, regular maintenance as the first option for maintaining existing street trees. So I want to assure you and uh, the public that uh, pruning has been considered and the five trees that would remain, or our recommendation is pruning. Um, so we have considered that option, and that's what we're recommending, uh, as well as the arborist for, well, the applicant is going to pursue uh, pruning the five trees that would remain. 
Michelle Lopez. Uh, yes, thank you uh, for your testimony. Um, if we if we go down the path of uh, continuing and and correcting addresses, do, does Buff have a view for what the correct address should be? Um, I'll probably ask the property owner that because the when you look at Map Viewer, there's the 64 or 200 individual owner addresses, um, but we would certainly make sure that the legal address, um, mailing address is used. And then typically what we do on a posting notice is we have a legal address referenced and then we say trees fronting this, this side street, back of sidewalk. Um, we're always trying to get people to those trees. We want people to understand where they are. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, this matter submitted. Let me get started here, folks. First of all, including my screw up of accepting, but now pulling this document back, this is really a, this has been a screw up. Um, but, and it's very upsetting. Um, I do not fault at all the, uh, the folks from St. Francis uh, for not, I understand the, the folks from St. Francis because we've talked many, many times. The, the, public, the public are novices at this. They're not, in this case, they're not represented by counsel, you know, who is very savvy and they know how to do the process. Uh, the the St. Francis folks are, are acting like the public uh, who are not, where there isn't a billboard that says, if you want to file an appeal, here's the process you go through. Um, so, or if they, you want to go through this process of Board of Appeals, this is, this is here are the steps. Um, you have to do a little research, you have to have some savvy. I, I always forgive the public in this case. Uh, buff, not so fast. Uh, Chris, reprimand, reprimand, reprimand. Thank you for, thank you for your apology and not accepted. Uh, it's embarrassing. I, I feel that Buff has wasted my time tonight, has wasted the time of the commissioners, has wasted the time of the, uh, of the appellant, has wasted the time of the permit holder and everybody else. Reprimand, reprimand, reprimand. Okay? The, the wrong address, sloppy. The, the lack of getting a uh, uh, filing in on time. Come on, how long have you worked there? Right? How long has Buff existed? I'm not going to pick on you. Okay? Sloppy, reprimand, reprimand, reprimand. Okay. So what does that set us up with besides wasting all of our time, besides wasting the public's time, besides confusing the appellant, besides confusing St. Francis? Uh, it, you know, it, it, it's a disaster. Um, I think, uh, so... What, what do we have? Um, we have manifest injustice on everybody's part because nobody's gotten the straight story. Notice hasn't been properly <laughs> done, completed. Uh, nothing's been done right. 
So we stop right there. Um, the, the information has been inaccurate. Um, the public has not been properly informed. Uh, the public has been placed at risk because this is a public safety issue, folks. You know, all the, the, the talk about, uh, well, are we going to do 10 trees or 15 trees? Bottom line is you got some, you got some dead trees there, you got some at-risk trees there, and it's probably advisable to do something about that before somebody gets hit in the head with a falling branch. So it's a public safety issue. Uh, ve very upsetting. I, I think that the, the only way to deal with is to start all over again, uh, that we do this hearing again, uh, that we, uh, we have a document which we have not accepted, that that document be submitted in a, in a proper fashion, circulated uh, uh, appropriately as designated by the executive director, uh, and, we, and that um, the proper notices to the public related to a hearing on this subject be done with the proper address to the proper people. Communication, to, to quote my fellow commissioner, Trisvenia, communication, communication, communication. Um, and so uh, motion, <laughs> the motion to, uh, to ha have this hearing as a later date is probably first and foremost on my mind, but that we not do a, that, that it really looks like a rehearing because it's been so screwed up. It really upsets me. Um, none of us should be subject to this and Mr. Buff, Mr. Buck, reprimand, reprimand, reprimand. So, commissioners, I think my point is clear. I'd like to see this. I'd like to see this done almost de novo. I mean, we've sit and sat here and heard stuff, but maybe we wash our minds and hear this all over again. I don't want to limit people to, uh, you know, a, a, a rehearing request of three minutes. I think we should hear. I think we should hear the testimony again. Will it be wasting some of our time because it's six minutes long? Yeah, but it's fair. Uh, should, should proper notice be given to the public? Yes, because it's fair. Uh, that, that's, I think we should just cast this one to the winds and rehear this case at, at, as soon as possible because we're facing a safety issue because if this doesn't happen before uh, you know, the winds start again, potentially in, in the wintertime, we're placing the public at risk. So that's my fervent point of view. Anybody want to go in a different direction? I most certainly do, President Swig. Okay. Um, I agree that the uh, proper remedy is to start all over again. I disagree about everything else. Okay. Um, I believe that the only correct outcome tonight is to grant the appeal in full uh, and have St. Francis Square start the entire process over again. Um, I think I, I caught five separate issues tonight, each of which independently could be a reason to grant this appeal. Uh, and I think them combined is more than enough to grant the appeal. Those five issues, uh, number one, the notice issue for the initial DPW order, um, which the hearing officer found to be harmless error, uh, but being as the DPW hearing officer did not include any information other than harmless error, we are not given any information, nor will we have any information in the future um, to um, 
to change that opinion, um, but I don't think it's harmless error. Uh, and we heard from Ms. Rosenberg already, which is one of the other five issues, that uh, that also resulted in the BOA, that, that of the neighbors not receiving proper notification of the BOA meeting tonight, um, which is a, an entirely separate issue. Um, number two is the note, or, uh, the notice issue for the BOA hearing, which I would love uh, Ms. Huber's opinion on whether that is a Brown Act violation that is actually even solvable. I'm not sure it is. Uh, that one and uh, the number three, which is the permit holder submission of a brief at the hearing, which was um, inappropriate, and I believe that may also potentially be a Brown Act violation. Um, Number four is I'm not convinced from the testimony we've heard here tonight that the trees need to be removed. Um, I, we heard over and over again that one large branch fell, but that happened on literally every street in San Francisco in December and January. Every street had trees, tree branches falling. That doesn't convince me that these particular trees need to be removed, that one branch fell in the three weeks of nonstop thunderstorms we had. Um, and number five is I don't feel like the permit holder's rationale is very good to remove these trees either. Um, I, I, for similar reasons, but I think I, I name those as separate things. And there's also, I'll throw in there a sixth, which is the environmental concerns that were brought up. Um, and I, I think the conglomeration of all of those things mean that this was an inherently unfair hearing. And I don't think that continuing this hearing uh, and redoing it, as President Swig has suggested, is even viable, but no less do I think it's actually a good idea. I don't think that we have the ability to make this a fair hearing in the future by continuing it and, uh, as President Swig said, scrubbing our minds. I don't think that's really a thing. We've heard all this testimony here tonight. Um, we've received briefings that were on a, or briefing that was submitted on a, on a schedule originally several months ago. Um, and, uh, and most importantly, I don't think that the DPW notice issue is solvable at all um, by this body. Um, and I think that alone is enough to overturn this, uh, these, this, the, this permit. So that's my opinion. I, I obviously have a strong opinion on this one. Uh, I will be voting to grant the appeal tonight. Is that a motion? Sure, but I would like to hear from my fellow commissioners. For, I, I'm happy to make that motion after my fellow commissioners speak. Okay. Commissioner Trezvina. Th thank you, President Swig. And I will try to invoke or reach for the wisdom and kindness of St. Francis and my time at USF to try to either bring the two views together or attempt to find a solution that will provide the parties and the public and the city agency buff the opportunity to resolve this and help us. We're all grasping for information uh, to make an informed decision. And we have not been well served through that. And I include, uh, while I have no, uh, no uh, I, I completely agree with President Swig about the, what we expect from the public. Now, Mrs. Bowler, who she managed to get a brief in. She managed to find out what the rules were get a brief in. I have no disrespect or, or, or anything negative to say about the three fine representatives of St. Francis who have come before us today and attempted to answer our questions, attempted to present the case. But it seems to me that if it's a homeowners association or a co-op, there must be some staff 
and there must be some insurance involved. They must be able to have access to some legal representation in order, or at least someone who can who can analyze city rules and and present a brief uh, for the case that you you have made. You have attempted to make a case, um, but it is only an attempt that is not based on anything that we have in writing. So it's difficult for us to ask the right questions and discern the information. What 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 concerns me probably the most is whether the correct members of the public have had access to the process dating back to the start with the incorrect address. I'm heartened by, by, by Buff's uh, testimony that the correct trees were identified and had notices upon them. But saying it's, uh, saying it's well, it's on the website or someone can check out the, the, the permit number or permit application, that's not the reality of members of the public of San Francisco. Uh, and so I think that it's it's difficult for us to wind back only to the Board of Appeals proceedings and have the briefs and have the public testimony. I think we have to wind back wind this back even further to 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 the start, uh, and 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 would have the benefit of we have the only thing of 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 um, I guess scientific authority is what the horticulturists or the arborists. Uh, a letter that says we're going to have a storm in January, uh, upcoming January. We're going to lose a lot of these trees. Well, that didn't happen. It would help to get a more up-to-date uh, uh, status of of the trees. Uh, so, and also, finally, I would say that if we are going to continue this, if we're going to send this back, that there's nothing to prevent Mrs. Bowler and 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 and, and the representatives of St. Francis Square to communicate with each other directly. Examine the trees together, so and with the help of, of of Buff, if that's possible, in order for as much of this dispute to be resolved on your own, we will not hesitate to make a decision, but we will, we only we want to make an informed decision. So I would I would tend at this point uh, to to agree with Commissioner Lemberg that simply starting at the Board of Appeals stage isn't enough and that this, this process needs to start from the beginning with the correct addresses, the correct notices, and more communication uh, between all the people who, who are involved. And yes, safety is important. We need to get this re resolved uh, re as, as quickly as possible, but the process, the right people need to be at the table in order for an informed decision, a community decision to be made. Commissioner Epler. Thank you. I'm I'm going to you know do this with with all all possible due respect to to my fellow commissioners up here because I I have uh, a somewhat different perspective here, and you know it's because I think about the the substance of what has happened and 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 the effect of what has happened and you know the notices with an incorrect address were placed on trees, the trees that were going to be removed. And yet somehow the public managed to get us into this position right now where we have gone through a DPW hearing, an appeals hearing, and this hearing. So while there may have been a typo across the street, not far, across, literally across the street at an address that doesn't exist, where the correct address would also, I might point out because it's a parking structure, be an address that does not exist the process has got us here anyway. 
And so I'm trying to see what the prejudice was as a result of that, because the process has moved forward. When it comes to the briefing, I, I, our guidance is around briefing from the appellant, because it's the appellant that's making the case. We like to get information, I mean, the department should always submit information to us in advance because they're the subject matter experts. Um, the permit holder, I mean, we, we've had this happen before. We can take testimony in the course of our hearing and give that weight. Uh, it's great that we get it in advance, but I mean, I think last meeting we were talking about how we shouldn't have high-priced attorneys to be necessary to be able to avail ourselves of the appeal process. I think that also goes to the defense of an appeal. And I know that there are some of us who are not as high-priced of attorneys, but that's still a price. And we're, you know, I, I note that the phrase, um, um, you know, St. Francis Co-op Inc. was used a lot. I mean, this, these, are, these are the residents that are operating in a co-op. They're not a large corporate entity. Um, and we're talking about money. We're talking about money that they are putting out in order to take care of the tree issue in the first place. Um, this is money that they would then have to spend in order to take care of that. And that tree issue is a little bit different than the one that we usually deal with because we're usually dealing with trees on the public right away. What we have in this case are significant trees in a private space. And, you know, and, and we, we had discussion about you know, whether or not there's a remodel going on or not. It's a question of motive as to why the trees are being asked to be removed. In this circumstance, it is a safety issue. And it's a risk assessment. And the risk assessment is, what is the risk of this tree falling? Well, they've made a mistake. They went out and they've asked an arborist what the risk is. And the arborist went out and said, oh, well, you know, I think we should remove all of these trees. Some of these are marginally fair trees. Some of these are poor trees, but I think we should remove them all. So now they're on notice that they have trees that could fail. And so when those trees do fail and someone sues them, or now because the city has said something, maybe someone sues the city, there's constructive notice that we have a hazard on this situation that these people now have to deal with and deal you know, with the potential ramifications and cost of. And so you know, I look at this, they went through the process. Buff looked at this and said, no, you do not have to remove these 15 trees, you can remove these 10 trees. Um, and that is what's going to be safe because we are the city who makes this decision because these are significant trees and they want to go through this process. Now, the one thing, the one thing that gives me pause, and this gets me back to President Swig's comment earlier on, is that this screw up has gotten us to a place where the wrong notice was given out for this hearing. And I can't look two hearings from now to see whether or not that had an effect or not. I can't see the future on that. I will point out it is across the street. It's across the street in the way that gives notice to more people than the people in St. Francis Co-op who would be the people who are prejudiced by it being 25 feet in the wrong direction if we go with a solid 150 feet. I don't know how the addresses work in St. Francis Co-op, so I don't know if there's effect or not. I'm just going to assume that there has been. Um, so I go back to the idea of, you know, how can we re-notice this hearing appropriately and have this take place because I don't think that the, the typo or the mistake earlier on actually caused prejudice. And so going back to the beginning of this is form for form's sake. I do think that we've gone through an appropriate process and I would like for us to be able to handle this correctly. And I shudder to think that we might decide to go through this so that all these steps go through again, 
we end up in exactly the same place mm -hmm. in you know X amount of time, and this risk that has been identified by an arborist that the folks who live there already thought was a risk and then went to pay. It's like, you know, their knee hurt. They went to the orthopod. They said, yeah, there's something wrong with your knee. They saw there was something wrong with the tree, and experts said yes, and then the city said yes on these 10 trees, yes. Um, I don't want us to get up, end up back here to do this all over again in, you know, three months, four months, five months, however the process takes to go through the rehearing and everything else. That'll naturally happen at DPW, and for us to have that risk sit there for these people that have trees on their private property. Mm -hmm. um, what the public can see is that we have an order. Uh, I've requested to speak at this time, uh, but I see that Commissioner Lopez has not had a chance to speak at this time, so I'd like to flip-flop uh, with the Commissioner's permission, give Commissioner Lopez the opportunity of speaking, and then I'll follow him. Thank you. Thank you, President Swig. Uh, yeah, I, I see this uh, more in line with the views that Commissioner Epler just expressed. I think the permit holder didn't do everything right, but that doesn't mean that they did nothing right. And I do think the, the, the remediation that, that Buff has done with respect to putting the notices on the trees, that's a remediation that we've seen before. Uh, I think it's a not unheard of or uncommon issue because at the end of the day, trees don't have addresses. You know, the speaker from the public uh, noted that they do have uh, longitudinal coordinates, but they don't have addresses. And so this, this has happened before. I'll, I'll let President Swig keep me honest, but I do recall that remediation uh, passing muster with, uh, with this, this body before in, in prior cases where they have been, you know, some, um, some uh, clerical errors in terms of designating the proper address uh, for tree removals. So that remediation, in my mind, solves the problem of the address a misclassification for the for the DPW hearings. Now, the issues that we're kind of learning about tonight, uh, with respect to uh, the letter from the permit holder, you know, that's why I raised that uh, earlier in in the in in this session, um, and I don't think that the correction there should be to reopen briefing for either the, the city or for the permit holders, but I do think that the appellant deserves the ability uh, to review those materials in the same way that we had a chance. I mean, I'll say, I'll just speak for myself, I scanned the document and, and I don't think it's right just to say, hey, we're moving on and like, let's wash that from our minds. And so what I would ask, if we do go down the, the path of uh, of hearing this this matter again, that the that the permit holder uh, be asked to submit that document in electronic form uh, to the BOA, so that we can make sure that the appellant uh, receives that document as well, and at least has a chance to understand and and respond uh, to those points um, in, in any future hearing, and then and then I guess the 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 other uh, issue that that I feel does need to be corrected 
um, is the correct address for the BOA hearing. We don't put BOA notices on, on affected trees. Uh, and so that's, that's one that wouldn't be uh, remediated in the same way as a DPW hearing. And so, and so that's, that's the second point that, that, um, that I feel would need to be corrected uh, before, uh, before having you know, this hearing be, be fully valid. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Okay, so thank you for all your comments and your passion, along with my passion on this subject. Commissioner Lemberg, I agree with you totally, except for the, the part of denying the appeal. And that's, and that's the issue. I agree, and Commissioner Trezvigne, I, I left it out of my diatribe, but the communication between the parties never happened, and that's something that should happen, because they might get together over coffee and figure it out. Uh, and before throwing the baby out with the bathwater, in uh, denying and just uh, upholding the appeal, I'd rather that we have a continuance to enable that dialogue, that communication. Commissioner Epler, your points about that this is private property makes a lot of difference, and all the points that you make, I happen to agree with uh, in, and would support uh, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and uh, upholding the, the appeal. And uh, Commissioner Lopez, uh, I'm, I think I'm affirming everything that you, you just said. Um, and so I, I think, I believe that if we continue this, that, and, and first and foremost, the public safety, public safety and public safety, uh, aside from uh, it was a screwed up notice situation, there was no brief pu published by the by buff public safety overrules everything in my book we have to protect the public safety if 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 we deny the appeal if we uphold the appeal and god forbid somewhere in mid-november there's an early storm and uh and one of these trees that is in poor condition as cited by the arborist cracks and falls down and hits a three-year-old i don't want that on my uh, on my conscience. And I know that we can take care of that by having a continuance in an efficient fashion and remediate, remediate, remediate. We can do proper noticing as we would normally do using the proper address. That circulation of all information could be requested as a submission by this body as the terms of the continuance. And we can pick up the pieces that have been created by uh, some mistakes that were uh, that were made. So uh, I agree with you, Commissioner Lemberg. I'm just I, I'm uh, I don't want to go through. I don't want I don't want public safety. I don't want public the public to be put at risk because we're going through a process that was created by um, excuse me, Chris negligence. Um, and that's, that's not negligence, the three-year-old, the, the, the harming of a three-year-old potentially by a falling branch. 
I, I can't sit with that. So I, I would support a continuance with terms and conditions that the, uh, that the, the information that was presented us to, to us earlier was provided to all parties. I would go along with the continuance that, that uh, r requested and required remediation on all the, the things that didn't happen in the first place. And I would request a continuance with the advisory that the parties communicate and try to reach, um, try to reach an understanding. If they don't reach an understanding, that's why we're here. So that, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. And I agree with you, Commissioner Lemberg. You know, we're but, but we just come at it a different, at a different way. Everything you said was mm, I don't have a problem with, except for the last part. So uh, with that, now I'll let you talk to me. Thank you. I have one comment and two questions for Ms. Huber. Um, the comment is just to point out a contradiction in something Vice President Lopez said, which was not reopening briefing but then also allowing the permit holder to submit this brief and allowing the other parties to read it, which I, to me is a pretty direct contradiction that I don't think we can do both of those things um, at the same time. My two questions, I kind of half asked them earlier, but I'm, I'm gonna ask them more formally now uh, because I've been paying attention and I've been seeing Ms. Huber and Ms. Rosenberg um, whispering a lot to each other. Um, Number one is, uh, do you have an opinion on whether, you know, I, I, and I, I want to say this with the premise that if we have committed, I, 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 I know the Brown Act pretty well. If we commit a Brown Act violation, um, the entire hearing can be thrown out in court. Um, that's a fact. Um, so my question is, uh, do you have an opinion on whether any of the things that uh, we've talked about constitute uh, reversible Brown Act violations? And number two, in the alternative, uh, do we, is it feasible to do what President Swig is suggesting? So uh, let me just speak, I, I, I don't wanna speak hypothetically to whether there's been any Brown Act violation. What I will speak to is what the commission is considering, which is whether it should um, either continue this matter for the Board of Appeals to provide proper notice and have another hearing or to sort of, in essence, rewind this all the way to the Department of Public Works. With respect to the first option, I, I don't think there would be any Brown Act violation because this board would be providing proper notice of a tree removal. Uh, with respect to the DPW process, uh, I think that it is likely not ultimately uh, prejudicial in any way if this board, if as, as Mr. Buck has testified, notice was provided on the trees, and if this board provides proper notice to all interested parties. And part of the reason for that is this board has the ability to consider a matter de novo. So this board is not bound by whatever information was before DPW. This board can consider information, objections um, from anyone who comes before the board. So I think that is a really important factor to consider. Um, and I think it means that there, there probably would not be ultimately preju prejudicial, even assuming there was some issue with the DPW hearing even assuming, I, I'm not concluding that. Um, if this board's notice is proper, I, I think that that gives 
all interested persons the opportunity to come before this board and, and make their objections and their arguments about the street tree removal. Um, the, the last comment I would have is I, I don't think there is any legal impediment to allowing the parties to provide briefs. And in my experience, it is beneficial to have a, a written position from the department in advance of the hearing. Um, it certainly is helpful to me. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I would just note that I don't think there's any legal impediment to allowing a brief if this board concludes that would be helpful. That's and, very and, helpful. And, and to, to add on to that, if, if it's part of the continuance uh, order or requirement that we request refreshed briefs from all parties, then, then that's, that's uh, a term and condition of going with the continuance so, if, so a fair and balanced hearing can be held, correct? Yes, I certainly think that's within the board's authority to ask for timely briefs. <laughs> Anything else, uh, Commissioner? No, okay. thank you, that was helpful. Commissioner Trisvenia? Uh Thank you, President Swig, and, and thank you, Deputy City Attorney, for uh, your guidance on these matters. As, a, as an alum of the City Attorney's Office, having represented the city on a tree case in Golden Gate Park, uh, the only way you can prevent a tree from falling is not to plant it in the first place. And we are, we are behind in terms of planting trees as a city, as we've heard, and, and, and the Buff staff uh, are out there. We had a hearing in one of our hearings in January while the Buff staff was out there trying to save trees. Uh, and they do that, they do that, they do that well, and, and I want to commend them for that. I also want to say that um, I would stipulate and be the first to say that everybody who has come before us is pretty are people of goodwill. But thank goodness for Mrs. Bowler for hanging in there and filing the brief and getting and getting this to this point. Otherwise, we would have had the, 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 the defects that have existed throughout this entire process. Uh, so I do think that it's, it's very, very important that we get as much information as reasonable and possible. So I, I would strongly uh, support the, the, the notion and the motion uh, that uh, on a continuance that we receive um, briefs from all from all from all parties, uh, including including the city. Uh, if that requires a waiver of our existing rule, then we can add that. But uh, otherwise, I think I think it's critically important. Uh, and and I do also believe, uh, with some hope, that uh, that uh, if the good people of St. Francis Square could talk to Ms. Bowler and vice versa. They may end up with a, a better understanding of what's happening with the trees, why the, what, what the need is, uh, and, and, and possibly, very possibly, come up with uh, a, 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 an outcome that when they come back, they can say, we've talked, and we think this solution is reasonable, whatever it may be. And may, may I suggest, before we go to Commissioner Lopez, that you add a, a third member to that, to what would be a trio? and that is Mr. Buck or a representative from Buff. So while they're having their private discussions to reach a collaborative decision, that, that Buff could be there to assure them that what they are discussing is in the right direction and legal. Yes, agreed. Is that appropriate? Agreed, yes, very yeah. appropriate. Thank Commissioner you. Commissioner Lopez. Thank you. Uh, I did want to echo something that uh, Commissioner Trezvina just said in, in thanking Ms. Ms. Bowler. Um, 
you, as you can see from the the number of times we've we've gone kind of around the horn up here and and the 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 issues uh with this this hearing you know i, I do think it's commendable particularly with for somebody without legal representation it's really commendable that that you uh you did what was required and and your your testimony this evening was also uh, very much appreciated. Um, if we do go down the continuance path, I do want to echo that uh, request and suggestion uh, that that the the parties uh, communicate amongst each other in good faith, uh, and also want to echo that that from what I can tell, that everybody before us is is appearing in in good faith and and is earnest in their their points and arguments. Um, what I did just want to clarify to, to Commissioner Lemberg's point earlier uh, with respect to inconsistencies in not reopening briefing, but then having the permit holder share their briefing. The, the context there is we've had situations before where we essentially say, hey, you missed a deadline shame on you and that's a that that's a, a handicap that you have to bear that that you go up against a briefed party uh, without the benefit of uh you know getting uh the opportunity to, to to submit briefing in the future hearing so that's that's the thought there um i'm not i'm not necessarily a stickler for that position uh, and I do think that, you know, everybody might might benefit here from reopening briefing, but I'm just explaining what the thinking is, what the prior position of the board has been in these situations. With that in mind, if we followed that too strictly and didn't allow the permit holder to, or, or require the permit holder to share their, their letter with the appellant, then in my mind, the appellant's prejudiced because they're the only person in this in this process as between the permit holder ourselves buff who hasn't seen the letter and so if we stick by hey you're late you lose no future briefing for you if we if we stick by that policy i do think it's important for the appellant to not be prejudiced and punished for getting her stuff in on time and being able to see what the permit holder submitted uh, to us this evening, like I said, you know, I didn't read it closely, but I did scan it. I imagine some of us, more of us may have experienced the same. And so if we stick by that, you know, you miss a deadline too bad for you policy, I do think that uh, the appellant should at least have the benefit of being able to see what was in there. Um, but again, I do not feel strongly about uh, sticking by that policy. Um, but just explaining what the uh, inconsistencies are. Commissioner Lemberg? I just want to add, I, uh, lest people think I'm uh, an, um, an immovable object, I, I do uh, plan to vote for the continuance. Um, uh, I, I, my mind was changed in deliberations, and uh, after what Ms. Huber said, I do think um, I think the uh, the tipping point for me was um, the fact that a continuance allows the parties to actually collaborate with each other, which I do think is um, 
very beneficial in this case. I do want to just respond to what Vice President Lopez said briefly, which in, in, in that I, I do just want to be wary and or aware of the fact that we have been, you know, pretty strict about that rule in the past, and I don't want this to be the beginning of uh, every time a party doesn't submit a brief, we allow them a, a continuance and allow them to do this again, because that, I would think, causes more problems than this solves. But I, with that said, I, I would support uh, it in this particular case. So as I, as, as I promised that I would invite you uh, to put forth uh, your, your motion, you're, you're not, uh, just to confirm, you're not gonna put forth your motion. No. Okay, with your permission, may I request, a, suggest a, an alternative motion? Please. Okay, uh, I, I would like to motion to uh, have a continuance on this item uh, to a date which is convenient to all parties. Uh, and um, for, for the uh, based based on uh, all the flaws that that uh, Commissioner Lindbergh uh, listed, because I do agree. Um, and as part of that motion, that we r require uh, all of the parties to provide refreshed briefs uh, in a timely fashion so that there's a fair and even playing field uh, for all parties to uh, hear the information and review the information and discuss that information. Um, I would also, as a uh, part of this continuance, uh, request that a re-noticing uh, of the neighborhood with great care, utilizing the proper address as best can be described, even if you over-describe it, uh, so that we are clear that the neighborhood is fully informed and there is full transparency. Um, I would also request, although we can't require, uh, that uh, all three parties, that would be the appellant, uh, the permit holder, and Buff, uh, make every attempt uh, not in a triangling fashion, but as a trio in one room or on one phone or on one Zoom, uh, be consultative jointly to reach uh, some, potentially some collaborative uh, direction. That means you don't have to agree, but at least that you make every effort to have communication to, to, to reach to go in a, a direction that may be resolvable by this body. Um, so that's what I would uh, add to that. Uh, one comment along with that is, uh, and this respects uh, Commissioner Lemberg's point of view with regard to, let's not make this exception a rule. And I agree with that because you know, you've heard me talk about exceptions and rules and setting precedents, um, that I would um, ask the Board of Appeals leadership uh, to, f to be circumspect about um, observing when there is the potential of a, uh, a brief not being filed. I know it's really tough, but that's why I'm saying at best make best efforts to be circumspect 
it's a great piece of advice, Commissioner Lemberg. And so if you, you know that some of our professional attorneys probably won't gonna, aren't going to miss their deadlines, but there may be some uh, less experienced members of the public who need a little TLC or guidance. And this is not a reprimand. This is, I think this is a great suggestion by Commissioner Lemberg to just, if you see it, use your heart, use your gut. And if you don't see that coming in, to give them a little nudge and uh, advise them. That, I, I think that's just. Yeah. I mean, know. most people wait to the last minute, to be honest. So it's, yeah. if it doesn't come I, in, it's too late for me to nudge them. Yeah, I know. But I know. I, I, that's why I'm not. No, I, no, I understand. A, it's a very gentle nudge on my part to, yeah. to get you to nudge them. And some, sometimes you can, you know, you can read the, sometimes you can read the tea leaves and sometimes you can't read the tea leaves. No, so I understand for less sophisticated can, parties, and, it might be good to give Alec. them a reminder. Or yeah. Uh, why not? Makes doesn't, sense. Doesn't hurt. So anybody, anybody have anything to add uh, to my motion to continue with that laundry list of uh, opportunities. Commissioner Trezvenier? I just want to inquire whether you, you, your extension of grace on the deadline also applies to the uh, city agencies. Yes, oh. Buff, the Buff can submit a brief too. Yes, absolutely. No, all parties should submit a brief in a timely fashion for the continuance. With the future nudges of... Uh, of and I think um, my, my, my um, use of the word reprimand hopefully will sink into the hearts and souls of those at DPW to pay a little bit more attention to deadlines. Uh, anybody else, Commissioner Lopez, have anything to add? Yes, thank you. I, I just wanted to add uh, my, my thinking on the exception and why I consider it a very narrow exception is because it has a fact pattern that at least I haven't seen here in the last couple of years, which is a party showing up, sharing the letter with us in person, which I have seen, but not with the other party remote and with just a physical letter that can't be quickly emailed to the other party. So I do think that um, you know, we're not completely just sacrificing the, the default rule here. I do think that the, the facts and circumstances here were, were unique and which uh, would lead to this being a very rare and narrow exception. Uh, thank you for that. And once again, I, I jumped the gun uh, without asking permission from the executive director and the city attorney to accept the, the, the document and thankfully somebody caught it and I never had, you were, you're too fast, you read things fast. I never, I didn't even look at it. Uh, it didn't have time. Uh, so um, I, I'll take responsibility for accepting that too quickly. And I Thank should have you. warned you, so my apologies. Hmm? I should have warned you not to. No, I'm it. too fast. I, I jumped okay. on it, no, my fault. Um, Anybody else want to add to the laundry list, or would you like to read it back? Uh, uh, well, we just need a little bit more information. One, what date do we want to continue this to? Um, what dates start? are available, and then what dates? Uh, Buff has no choice. they got to show up. Well, um, we, we could do it as early as September 27th, or, but that might be too soon. So October 11th, October 25th. I, I think September 27th is fine, uh, given that we have a letter First of all, we've had testimony and submission by the 
by the appellant. Secondly, we have a, a letter that I said I haven't read yet from the permit holder, which they were submitting as if it was a, it was a letter, but it, as if it was a, uh, a submission. And thirdly, uh, clearly Mr. Buck was 30 minutes late, so he has something in his back pocket uh, to present as a brief. So September 27th doesn't present a, uh, a, a manifest injustice to any party. Okay, and then uh, next I would just like uh, the specific address that we're supposed to send this notice to. Do we want to state that for the record, or do you want me to work with the parties tomorrow? I mean, maybe for the record we should. Making it September 27th, I'm curious. Uh, pardon? Are the parties all available September 27th? Okay, Ms. Bowler, are you available September 27th? Ms. Bowler, can you make sure she can speak, Alec? I don't know if she... Ms. Bowler? There, am I unmuted? Yes, are you available to come back on September 27th? Yes, thank you. Okay, so, and then we would want the briefs due the Thursday prior to the hearing, so that would be the 21st by 4.30 p.m.? Exactly. And we're just restarting 12 pages, unlimited exhibits, okay? And, and, and regular time and the regular process because okay, so we're trying to level the playing field. Providing proper notice and restarting the process by allowing briefs to come in, okay. Uh, that sounds good. So is that your motion, President uh, Swick? Uh, that would be my motion with those that laundry okay. list of stuff. And just about the addresses, should we get on the record what they should be? If you could go up to the microphone. Um, my, my degree, one of my degrees was in geography and environmental studies, so I'm a little familiar with mapping, but the addresses in St. Francis Square are named after ships because of the Longshore and their sidewalks. So... Ellis Street, there's no street address, like like right, we said. Like I know other departments, there's an even side and an odd side. Yeah. But we could say like 1300. Well, right behind the garage mm -hmm. is one of those sidewalks with mm -hmm. addresses, Quick Step. And that was on one of the documents that Chris showed, um, like 15, 25, our numbers skipped by 10. Quick Step, and that's right behind the trees, which behind the garage, and that's there. But if somebody went to Quick Step, they'd really need to, directions to say it's 20 feet or right. 30 feet away. So, so would it be better to say like 1300 block of, even side 1300 block of Ellis, so like 1302 to 1398? Yeah, there, like mean, you that, said, there's no address. There's, or right, no, but, right. but that would probably be more accurate, yeah. And right there by the street sidewalk. Okay, and then what about that tree around the corner on Laguna? What would be the, is that the correct, what, what is the correct address? 1300 or 1400? Chris Buck with Public Works. I believe that's. Thir yeah, we have 1355. It's either 1345 or 1355. We've been going with 1355 Laguna Street. 
Okay, it's basically mid-block. You're making an approximation, right? Because it's not in front of a building with an address. Is that correct? Or? There is a... Thir what? They said 1335 Laguna. Okay, 1335 Laguna is the closest physical property address. 1335 Laguna. Okay, so that's what we should use, 1335 Laguna? And um, Public Works would benefit from just knowing the legal address for the site. Um, like the legal mailing address. So could we put I'm sorry, can you come up to the microphones? So I think for that one particular tree, it's not right in front of the unit of 1335 Laguna. So can we put something like 1335 Laguna, the tree to the right on the street or something? Adjacent to north, north. North. It's north of 1335, there, but there's nothing there. Uh -huh. to designate any kind of number. Right, so like sometimes departments, what they do is approximate the block because it's based on 100. So if it's mid-block, it would be 1350. If it's, I guess, I just want to make sure we... Do. We're just making things up then, you know, so we were well, just not thinking... not really. I mean, if there are no addresses, sometimes you have blocks with no addresses. So what... The, Galilee, which is a legal address, so like 20 feet away. Galilee, Galilee is one of the sidewalks. Okay. That would be the nearest crosswalk. Ellis and Galilee Lane. Okay, well, even spe specifying that is helpful. Yeah. So, 13, so what do we want to say? 1335 Laguna. 1335 Laguna. Between, so 1330, or, or, and north, just north of that. Or okay. we could say, Five, is it five, Galilee? Yeah. I'm going to say north of 1335 okay. Laguna. Okay. That's it. That's it. Like approximately? Um, 10 or 15 feet from, from Laguna? Yeah. yeah like a like, car length? A, a, a one lane. A car length. It, yeah. You okay. could say car length. Seventeen. No, it's fine. I mean, I don't think we need GPS coordinates. Okay. You know. okay. <laughs> okay. So we can just say... A, adjacent to north of and adjacent to 1335 right. Right. or something like that you should see the pizza places where we try to say where we live yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult i'm sure i'm sure okay thank you so president swig do you want me to read the motion sure read the motion and then we can take a vote and then we can go okay home. you can stay longer if you want no okay so we have a motion from president swig to continue this matter to september 27th so that one, all the parties can submit a brief that will be due by 4.30 p.m. on September 21st. Uh, this includes the appellant, determination holder, and Bureau of Urban Forestry. Uh, two, so that the BOA can send new notice of the hearing with the correct addresses um, as specified at the hearing. And uh, this motion was made for the reasons that Commissioner Lemberg specified made the hearing unfair. Sound good. And then the board further requests that the appellant permanent uh, determination holder and buff meet and attempt to collaborate on a resolution. Anything else? I think we're good. Okay. So, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Shrizvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. Okay, that motion carries five to zero and the matter is continued to September twenty seventh. Thank you, commissioners, for your constructive discussion on this matter. And let's uh, that's all. Hope it goes more smoothly on September 27th.
Thank you. So this concludes the hearing. And if St. Francis, if you want to reach out to me tomorrow, if you have questions about the briefing process, we previously sent you instructions, you know, 12 page maximum, double spaced, minimum 12 point font, unlimited exhibits. Thanks, Alex. And it doesn't have to be, I think of brief as an attorney involved.